The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. Some sugar daddies consider 18 to 21 to be prime years of innocence for a sugar baby, while others associate 22 to 25. Few sugar daddies deliberately search for babies in the 30 to 50 <laughs> year old range. We're fucked then. <laughs> yeah, we're basically fucked. Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Hello. Like, hello, my darling. Like, according to the BBC, in 2019, how many students do you think signed up to the Seeking Arrangements app? Oh, God, thousands, I'm sure. In the last uh, year, hang on, in the last year. Okay. I will caveat this by saying this is a 2019 study. I'm sure that the numbers have significantly increased since then, given the cost of living crisis at home and fuck knows what else. Um, In 2019, a quarter of a million, a quarter of a million students had signed up to seeking arrangements. For anybody that doesn't know, Seeking Arrangements is a prolific app. It's an online, it's a website essentially that unites both sugar daddies and sugar mommies with sugar babies. So um, as the name suggests, you go and seek these arrangements, you sign up and these sugar daddies say what they're prepared to offer and what they expect in return. Um, it's quite a contentious issue and um, we'll get on to that later on but a quarter of a million and have a guess Fiona the top three cities in the UK that have the highest enrolment rate of sugar daddies and sugar mummies okay well obviously London has to be number one right yeah it okay. is yeah I would say number two is Manchester yes okay and then I'd say number three Newcastle let me see. Actually, you know what? Newcastle isn't on the top oh, really? 10 list. I'm referring, to, I'm referring to my stats here. So you were bang on. Um, in According to this study, in uh, one year, over 100,000 um, 100, sugar babies and sugar daddies were enrolled in London. Over 100,000. By far, that is the most popular city. Mm. Then Manchester. Um, nearly 29,000 and number three is actually Birmingham at 24,000 no yet Newcastle actually didn't feature in there nor did Belfast I'm having a look the list goes London Manchester Birmingham Leeds Liverpool Bristol Sheffield Bradford Nottingham Coventry love a sugar baby up north yeah absolutely love us a sugar baby up north oh my god I love that that is so funny yes so you know where we are shoot the breeze drop us a dm on instagram love bites podcast underscore how have you been my darling very well um 
all is well. I have spent the week um, living with my boyfriend at his house okay. uh, because his housemate was away. So I kind of moved in for the week and it was a really interesting. So I've not lived with a boyfriend before. I lived with my boyfriend at uni, but that was uni and we lived with other housemates. So I've not really experienced the kind of boy living situation um, uh-huh. and it was very very an interesting education into how men live um, right and I went and had breakfast with my friend on the weekend and I was like does Jack do this and she was like it is basically all men it's not weird all men do this so I don't know I mean I feel like Fergal doesn't do this Okay. Like, I don't know. I don't know. He might do, but let's see. Okay. okay. So obviously, so I roll in. I've only ever lived with girls. Me and my housemate, um, we live in a beautiful house and uh, we're very tidy and um, clean. So I don't know. So I got, I got to his house and first of all, there was, I've never seen so much laundry in my whole life. And on the back of the door, there were like 16 towels all just like piled on top of each other. And I was like, which one is clean? And he was like, oh no, they all need to go in the wash. And I'm like, but why would you not just take it off and put it in the wash? Also went into the bathroom in the shower and there were like 10 empty bottles of the same shower gel. And I was like, um, why are they here? Just throw them away. And he was like, oh, but that's because they've got a little bit left in each of them. So it's just in case. And I was like, what? It's so weird. And also it's the walk into the house, drop the shorts, and like leave them on the floor. And then yeah. there were like, just like, like piles of just like random shorts. And I was like, and then I, and I fin I honestly, I did all his, I did all the laundry cause it was honestly giving me anxiety. And then like, when he just like dropped trowel and whatever his like shorts were on the floor, I was like putting them in the wash. And he was like, why are you putting them in the wash? And I was like, because they're on the floor. And he was like, yeah. but then I know that they're, they're clean. And I was like, that is the weirdest fucking logic ever. And for me, honestly, the one that got me the most was the empty shower gel bottles. And then when I asked my friend about about it, I was like, is this weird? And she was like, so her, her and her husband obviously been together like 10, 10, 15 years or something. She was like, she was like, no, no, Jack has like six empty deodorant cans, but does refuses to throw them away just in case there's a little bit left if he runs out of one. Oh, Fiona, it's so normal. It is so, so it's normal. So I, I am completely happy. I sort of feel like it's living with a big man child. And my it's... boyfriend is a big man child. Um, what I love about him is that we've been back from our holidays for quite a while. And his case is still in the spare room and not just sitting there he's opened it and trailed things out of it it is like a bomb has went off in that room then he has his own bathroom we have two separate bathrooms and after he's finished with the toilet roll he doesn't just put the yes. what do you call that the core yeah, yeah. he doesn't just like put it's that the in the side. bin yeah oh on the window just like a little pyramid (laughs) of them right and I'm like what the fuck is wrong with this guy then his bin is overflowing with shit and I'm like would you not just put it downstairs into the bin and he's like oh no no I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it stop looking at it I'm gonna do it and I'm like why does it take me to call you a dirty fucking bastard for you to actually feel compelled to like abandon your little pyramid of old toilet rolls and just put them in the bin like a normal man what the fuck don't get me started on the laundry as well like 
And he's like, oh, I'm keeping that T-shirt lying there because I might use it again. And I'm like, you are a big sweaty man. If you wear a T-shirt for five minutes, it needs to go in the wash after. So Fiona, you are absolutely not alone. I feel like every woman listening to this will be like, you know, I think that's just men. Like that's completely It just completely is. And I worked out also like, this is what me and my friend Chantel were talking about. Like, it's not the like unwillingness to do it. Like if I asked him, can you take the bin out or can you wash up these plates? He'll do it. It's just the thought is not, it's not that he won't do it. It's just that he doesn't have anyone from the majority of the time being like, can you take out the bin? Can you please get rid of these empty bottles? And it's just so, I found it so funny, but I also equally absolutely loved it like it has been like such a great week and I think that's great also I'm definitely someone like in the past have like I've not I I really love my own space I really do love like alone time I really love it but I've always definitely been someone that like hasn't been able to like spend too much time with someone so like my I remember this I know I was thinking about it this morning actually one of my ex-boyfriends they um he went to back to New Zealand because he was from New Zealand back to New Zealand like kind of at the start of our relationship for like six weeks and then when he came back, we spent like the weekend together. So like Friday, Saturday and the Sunday. And I remember then coming home and um, well, it wouldn't have been Friday. It would have been Thursday, sa- Friday, Saturday. Anyway, whatever. I then came home and I said to my housemate, I was like, oh, I'm so happy to be home. I really just need some like alone time. And I feel like I've spent an entire week with him in two weekends. And I don't feel that like a uh, thing of, you know, like, I'm an extroverted introvert, like after like a social occasion, I need to go and like have like decompress. I don't feel that feeling with him. Like I feel like I could totally spend all my time with him. I wouldn't get bored. I don't feel also like there's another person. It's like, I don't feel that with my housemate because we're so used to like obviously being around each other. I have that. I never feel like, oh, I need to be on my own. So that's quite good. I'm like, oh, that's good. I mean, we still like fucking crazy but like in I feel like it's in a good healthy way and it just really seems like it's just a really easy relationship to be in which is just amazing I mean don't get me wrong like we definitely have our moments and we have had our moments especially this week as well like just I'm not even like anything like bad just like it's just a honestly it's just like a communication I think it's just a communication thing and also I feel like it's a secure secure thing so like I've never gone out with someone that has been worried or insecure about how I feel because it's always been the other way around like I've always been the one that's like wondering whether they like me or like wondering I've always been the insecure one in the relationship and like obviously given like his past stuff and like also like our like first the first part of us meeting was like not the most stable and things like that. Like I also need to be better at like reassurance, I think in a way, because I'm so used to like not having to reassure because the other guy has been like a dick or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's always been me worrying. I also have to remember that it like not everyone is secure all the time. And like, yeah. I need to be better at like, reassuring and like making that person because I know I can probably be not dismissive but definitely like I I I don't think I communicate sometimes in the best way um so it's just it's just like a learning thing but yeah I mean like isn't it what we talked about last week about the like the two big c's like communication and and compromise and also really importantly being considerate to other people's feelings Mm. as well because you have been um 
single for so long and you have just thrived in your own company and you haven't really had to bear anybody else in mind and you're the center of your own world and you know what you feel and your layers and your complexities and all the rest of it sometimes you forget that he also has those same he also has those same complexities and that's something I often have to remind myself about I feel like at times I can be inconsiderate as well um, and I think that's something we all need to work on, and um, especially when you're living with your partner and things, you take each other for mm. granted. Um, you know, there, there can be quite a lot of frustration at times with things like leaving your shorts at your arse and, you know, not tidying up after yourself. And unless you kind of verbal- verbalize those things, you can like wake up two weeks later and they haven't like put the toilet seat down mm. and you just lose your fucking shit. So, yeah, Fiona, do you know what? long may this continue there's going to be so many things that are going to happen with you guys that are like all these different milestones yeah and like I know that it's I know that it is it's it's really great and this is just like the beginning and like I've never gone out with someone that has been able to communicate their emotions like don't get me wrong sometimes I'm just like sometimes I am like you need to fucking tell me what's wrong because obviously I know that something is wrong. So just fucking tell me. And he knows that he needs to get better at that because he can definitely keep it in and, but like has zero poker face. So I know that something's up, but he won't tell me for ages, but then he'll eventually tell me. Whereas before I've had boyfriends or like, like partners that literally haven't told me haven't communicated one thing like haven't even communicated that they like me zero so for have to have someone that like does communicate emotions to some degree is like wow this is new but yeah really healthy what is this I know, it's like what is this but we are going on a staycay this weekend um to so our first kind of like holiday but like I guess a little bit of a holiday so that will be really good um so yeah I'm very excited how are you yeah, do you know what, Fiona? I'm really good. Obviously, firmly back to porridge after what feels like months of like jet setting around the world. I really, and honestly, I'm I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If anybody is listening to this podcast and they know of a way that one can travel the world endlessly, or at least for the vast majority of the year without going bankrupt. Like, please drop us a DM on Instagram, lovebitespodcast underscore. Is there a way, Fiona, like, is there a job where you can be like a chief hotel tester or reviewer for like Thomas Cook? Is there something that I can do whereby I can just travel the world and not put myself into financial ruin? Sugar baby? (laughs) Actually, <laughs> Fiona, are we? Are we old? Yeah, I was just about to say, am I too old now to be a sugar baby? I don't know. I, feel, I feel like potentially we, well, I suppose, you know, we would be sugar babies to like 70 year old men. Yeah, I guess we would. Obviously, yeah. typically when you think of a sugar baby, you think of a like, a like an 18 year old girl. But I Ugh. feel like, I feel like we could be sugar babies, but I would, I would probably want to avoid that. Um, 
Oh yeah. I feel like that's just not, I don't feel like my boyfriend would be really on board with that idea. Um, Something a little bit more respectable that I could flag with my mom and have a chat with her about. I don't know if if she'd be on board with the whole sugar baby thing. If there's a way that I can travel endlessly, let me know. We are back to porridge, back to basics, getting back into the swing of things. And Fiona, all's very quiet, my darling. Well, actually, whilst we're on this topic of porridge, because yes. um, I know when this um, this episode is going to come out, uh, I am going to be doing the transformation challenge. Okay, tell me about it that. It starts on the 6th of June. So I've realized that like I went, I had a time where like April, I was traveling a lot. I went to the UK, I went to France for my friend's wedding. I basically ate bread and cheese. I felt like absolute shit. I've come back. I've had guests popping out my ears. So I've been like drinking so much. And like on the weekend, I met my boyfriend's friends. So, and I really wanted an alcohol free weekend, but I was like, do you know what? You you have to kind of do these things at the beginning, which is like meet the friends and whatever. So we went and watched football, drank. I actually swerved a hangover, but I definitely ate pickle at like three o'clock in the morning, which is like a burger in Dubai. And I was just like, do you know what? I'm just going to do the transformation challenge. So the transformation challenge is a challenge that is online. You can do it from anywhere in the world. Um, it's created by this guy called Scott. Can't remember his last name, but he is my friend's boyfriend. Um, and basically what it is, is an eight week program where you are given your macros by him. You have to do 12,000 steps. You get given workouts. So it's like, I think it's like four workouts a week. My sister did it recently. It's like two to three weights workouts. And then you do your own cardio or whatever it is. Then you have to do, uh, I think it's like 10 to 12,000 steps per day. And you do it for eight weeks and you don't drink booze. And the results are amazing. Look, it's not rocket science. Like as in like, it's, it's a, it's very like simple because it's, you're in a calorie deficit and you're basically doing consistent workouts and eating the right food and the macros are like how much protein how much fat and carbs in your calories each day i think the key is with this there's no cheat days i mean i think you can eat what you want whether it's as long as it's like within your macros but and your calorie count and it's eight weeks and that means i'm gonna start it on the 6th of june and i am going on holiday for a week in between in it but I'm, I'm going to Santorini and I'm going with my friend Beanie flick the Beanie we're going to do Santorini 2.0 so um I think we're going to Santorini anyway so I'm going to have to obviously like be careful but I just feel like I really need to do this I feel like yeah. I need my body to just like I, I want to I need to do something because every time I look at my body I'm like oh yeah And you know, when you get to that point, Fiona, you just feel so compelled and catapulted into action. It's like hitting a low point where you look at yourself and you're like, I feel gross and you need Mm. to do something. You did ask me to do this plan with you. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. I mean, I, the booze thing for me, and I know it makes sense, obviously booze, empty calories and all the rest of it, but I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy alcohol and sorry that's my dog snoring beside me I thoroughly enjoy alcohol and especially in the summer it's kind of my first summer at home in Northern Ireland you know non-covid for the most part and I really just want to like get out and booze and have a laugh and kind of make the most of it so I'm so proud of you for doing it I will not be joining you but I am definitely trying to get into better, healthier habits following my holidays because I let myself go in the biggest way possible. And you know what, Fiona, I enjoyed 
every fucking bit of it. All I can think about endlessly, besides trying to travel for a living, is um like chicken gyros, chicken gyros, sorry, chicken shawarma. It's all I can think about, Fiona, at the minute. I just don't know what's wrong with me. I just need a big, dirty chicken shawarma from Dira. I'm going to have to like figure out how to make these at home, but I really miss Lebanese Arabic food. And yeah. obviously I write, um, I'm a copywriter. So I'm constantly writing about like amazing Dubai food joints. And I'm like, Oh, the I food- just need a shawarma. well, I'm going to enjoy my last week. Well, I'm not, I'm actually going to be super healthy this week, but I also love a shawarma from Dira. But you know, though, like with this challenge, like I know you're saying about the no booze thing and obviously I totally get it because a lot of people can't do it. But like, I've got a friend's birthday and she's leaving Dubai on the 25th of June, which is like bang in the middle. But I'm like, one day is not going to kill you. Absolutely. Like, and I think that it's the- moderation, absolutely. Like I'm going to be super strict for the other times. But like one day is not going to kill me and I just need to be careful. And it, I think it's, I think it's fine. But anyway, I will keep you posted. I will post it on, um, I'll post it on our love bites. And obviously like, this is like such a great opportunity as well, because I just went to the Alcatraz store and um, I picked up some new gym wear. So I'm like, what did you I'm get? Ready. Gym? So I what, got the, what gym gear did you get? I got the Revive. It's like a blue uh, turquoise. And I also got the... Um, is that the one shoulder? Yeah, the one shoulders. Oh, I love that. Because my boobs are so big, I had to get it in a bigger size. But um, And then uh, I got the loungewear as well, which is really nice. The like shorts and... and I love the collection. They also have the turquoise, the grey and the pink. Yeah, as I recall, Because really nice. I actually tried those on. Um, I need to get new stuff ordered, Fiona, because I know myself when I have nice gym gear, I just feel yeah. so much better about everything. So much better. Um, but anyway, listen, let's let's move on to our letter because I'm really excited to get into this because okay. I know we touched on the subject, but um, I want to I want to get into it. This is again <coughs> something that's come up repeatedly, Fiona, um, with people messaging that us. It's probably the third letter that we've had around this topic, so we just wanted to kind of organically see this in. So, let me take you on a journey. Hi girls, I'm so glad I found your podcast as I've been feeling quite alienated from my friends. I'm 19 and at uni and spent the first year totally skint. I watched a documentary about sugar babies and it encouraged me to sign up to a site where I found my sugar daddy. We have a consensual, respectful arrangement that works for both of us. I'm not hugely attracted to the guy, but he's a nice person and he treats me well. He gives me allowance and that allows me to pay my way through uni. My friends are disgusted and I feel so judged. It's okay for them to sleep with random guys and regret it the next day, but my situation is deemed prostitution. I guess I'm looking for some validation. I feel dirty, but only because of their reactions. Is this something you would ever consider? I just want to ask quickly, does she say, sorry, did she say what the arrangement is between them? Like, what does she do for him? No, no, um, she hasn't specified that, but no. I actually did a bit of research on this. So there, there are various sites and um, one of the most prolific is seeking arrangements. Mm, like which I is said, what you mentioned, like I said, according to the BBC, a quarter of a million students had enrolled in uh, 2019. And I'm sure, Fiona, that number 
has increased massively mm. because as you know things at home we are getting it so so tight and obviously university fees have increased and all those sort of things so I wouldn't be surprised if that was much higher typically with these sites you are introduced to somebody obviously everybody knows what the crack is but it's all about negotiation. You know, your sugar daddy might say to you, this is what I want as a, um, a sugar baby. It's in your best interest to kind of specify what you would like in return. Of course, communication is key. You need to really communicate with each other because in this sort of arrangement, there's no point in beating around the bush and hoping for the best. You need to be very clear and explicit about what you want. So um, a lot of the girls on this site report you know, respectful, consensual relationships. I mean, it could be propaganda, of course. Um, respectful, consensual relationships. And then if they like the guy, then they will sleep with the guy. The same way if they meet a guy in a club and like him, they'll sleep with him. And, you know, on average, these girls are making between one and two thousand pounds a month. Some are making a lot more, some are making less. So is this something that you would have considered either whilst at university or of recent times? Maybe, <clears throat> I don't think I would have considered it at university um, because I feel like I wasn't in that kind of mind space. But I definitely think that if times got tough now and I wasn't in a relationship, um, like if I also didn't have supportive parents as well, because obviously like I have to factor that into the point where like from my financial situation, I know that no matter what, I will always be supported because I'm very lucky in the fact that I have parents that can financially support me. So there is also that consideration. So it's very hard for me to say whether I would or not, because I know that if I was so stuck, I was about to be a sugar baby. I know that I would never have to do that. But it seems like a situation when we say it out loud that it doesn't seem that bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it doesn't seem that bad because it's like, it's an arrangement between two people. For me, I think that don't listen to other people. If it may, if you feel it's okay, then it's okay. But I think that you have to, whatever it is has to be consensual. And you also have to like, don't, I don't, I wouldn't ever want to do anything that I would lose self-respect for myself yeah. but then also we have to remember that people are in tight financial situations like we can't like we can't um judge people for needing money because that like that is why sex workers exist yeah. they exist because there is one there's a market for it but also because sometimes people can get into it one you know because it's it's I don't want to say it's easy money because it's absolutely not easy money it's not easy to put yourself out there but it is a, a there is if people are, are stuck for cash it's it's a like a quote-unquote easy win um and also <clears throat> being a sex worker there ain't nothing wrong with it it's yeah. there have been sex workers for hundreds of years so <clears throat> personally I don't think I would ever be in the situation where I would need to do it um and I don't think that I could I don't think I could do it um because I don't know I just it's never crossed my mind 
Um, And, you know, isn't that great that you were in such a a privileged position that you were always looked after financially and things like that? Yeah, so I can totally Like you said, people are in very, very different positions, not just at university. People are bloody trying to put food on the table for their kids and have to think about these Mm. things. Um, I will say that, you know what we actually had a um not a letter but like somebody wrote into us recently and she was in quite a similar position but with only fans and she this young woman had mentioned that her friends were giving her a lot of shit but she felt that it was a jealousy thing like her friends were jealous that they didn't have this massive influx of cash mm. And I'm not suggesting for I'm not suggesting for a second that these friends are jealous. Maybe they're deeply concerned for her safety and all these sort of things, which I can completely understand. But I sort of feel like life is difficult enough without judging your friends. I feel that your friend should be able to sit you down and have a conversation with you about their concerns, about why they feel that you shouldn't be doing this. But I think judgment, there's no place for judgment with this girl. And is it something I would have considered doing? Well, when I was at university, there was like burly internet, like there was MySpace and Bebo and that was about it. Can I honestly put my hand in my heart and say 100% I would never have considered it? No, I don't think so. And I wasn't financially hard up, by the way. I'd supported my parents as well. But obviously at that age, you don't have huge earning potential. Um, and I think nowadays, Fiona, it's so normalized that the stigma is now wearing off. But ultimately, I don't think I would ever be able to cross the line with it. I think I would entertain the idea. I don't think I would be able to get it off the ground. Yes, at the I'm same exactly time, the same. I wouldn't judge anybody for it. Um, I feel like as long as this girl is truly can truly put her hand in her heart and say that she feels self-respected, that she feels safe, then if she's not doing any harm to anybody else she is an adult a consenting adult and she can do what she wants there was a similar situation recently with a friend of mine and she discovered that a family member of hers um a young a young woman was on OnlyFans and everybody lost their shit this girl stupidly posted an OnlyFans um reference on her Instagram deleted the story seconds later but it was enough to kind of get the word out there and there was kind of a bit of an exploration into who she was and you know they went and made an account and logged in and got access to her only fans and you know saw quite a few images that you would not want to see of your young family member everybody lost their shit everybody went bananas and don't get me wrong I would have been furious if I was in the same position. But ultimately, I just kept thinking to myself, this young woman knows what she's doing. This young woman obviously feels empowered enough that she can put out those images. She feels 
confident enough that it's an OnlyFans account. You know, she doesn't meet these people. She doesn't sleep with these people. It's all from essentially behind a screen. And she was able to not only pay her way through university, but she was able to like amass a huge, she had definitely had more money than I had at that stage. And I think the concern from people at that time, and the same thing would relate to this um, sugar baby arrangement. Um, You know, the rep, your reputation. So if it gets out there that, you know, Google is such a powerful tool and all you have to do is Google somebody's name and, you know, you're able to conjure up things from 10 years ago about things that were said or done. And I would worry about people's reputation. I would worry about doing things when you're young, broke, skint, and then 10 years down the line being in an interview and then bringing up the fact that you were on a sugar baby site or had an OnlyFans account. That's the thing that would worry me more than more than anything else like a, a reputation thing I also think I agree I completely agree with you with the reputation thing um and also like you know I, I mean for god's sake like I feel it sometimes when you know I've said things about my past and my past sex life and things like that and I'm like and now you know I'm in a really happy relationship and that stuff is out there like it's out there and obviously at the time you don't think it's gonna affect anything but like obviously now like uh, we have to navigate that situation because if his friends meet me or you know look at the podcast it's there for everyone to see and like it's fine like I mean mine is like very like mild but at the same time like the reputation thing is completely I completely agree and also I think that um you can get addicted to the lifestyle because in if you do it once and it's like easy money in your bank account yeah to get yourself out if you know and people say oh it's to get me through uni and I, I'm sure a lot of people that's how you know they get themselves through university but what who when when's the line to stop and there's nothing wrong with it and to keep going but at the same time like it depends I guess it depends also what you want from life like if you want to keep if you want to keep doing it and that's how you want to earn your money then fine but you know is it a lifestyle choice or is it a quick or is it just quick money quick fix. get yourself through universities you're 100 percent right fiona you'd start off saying it was going to be like a temporary measure and then you would become addicted to it mm. i of course you become addicted to somebody sending you like boutons and taking you to paris like yeah 100 oh well this is the you thing know, also are like sh- in- are, are you sure that we're too old to be sugar babies no, I feel like girls in Dubai do it. I'm sure, I mean, I'm. it's like the land of the sugar daddy. I'm sure they do. And I also think they get addicted to the lifestyle here as well. Sorry, can you just wait? I'm going to Google something very important, okay? Okay, what? Well, how old is a sugar baby? 37, too old to have a baby. Not fucking have a baby. Oh my God, why did that come <laughs> up? Too old to be a sugar, sugar baby. Um, some sugar daddies consider 18 to 21 to be prime years of innocence for a sugar baby, while others associate 22 to 25. A few sugar daddies deliberately search for babies in the 30 to 50 <laughs> year old range. We're fucked then. <laughs> yeah, we're basically fucked. Yeah. So 
if you're listening to this um you're in your prime between 18 and 25 if you're between 30 and 50 Sadly. you may want to rethink your sugar daddy career Ain't happening. That is so funny. I mean, also, like, we had also, can I just obviously, I just want to touch on this thing as well. Like, obviously, 18, when you're 18, you are of the legal age. I get it. But also, like, it is still very young. Like, it is slightly, I'm going to say it, it's slightly pedophilic, to be honest. Like, you're still in your teens. And I think that the men that are wanting sugar babies 18 to 20 are not younger men. They are older men. And I would be, my only concern would be the safety of these women. Like you'd have to really, really be smart about the safety because as much as like someone, you know, this girl that's written in and she's saying that like, he's respectful and he's a nice person. Like, I completely get that. We still don't know the person. It's like online dating. You don't know the person until you spend considerable time with them in person and get to know their character. I think that, I think that you have, if you do it, you have to have some kind of guard up and also make sure that you are safe on all aspects of what you are doing. But Fiona, you know, isn't that just the same as Tinder? And I'm sure this girl, this girl that her friends are saying, all about the safety thing. And oh my goodness, so so true but equally if you go on a tinder date with a random guy the same perils oh still exist the same risks are still there so do your um due diligence this girl had mentioned actually when i got back to her that um before she you know exchanges like a phone number properly and things you know everything's like there's fake names and she doesn't use her real name she would obviously never give her address and it's only when she meets the person and trusts the person does she actually um give phone numbers and things like that because I think you can do a lot of exchange on the website or the app I think um it is now itself so what's it called seeking arrangements I wonder if I seeking arrangements seeking arrangements is probably the leading website that facilitates this sort of arrangements i think there's obviously like sugar daddy sugar babies and all that but seeking arrangements is the number one and we would love to hear from our listeners is this something that you have engaged in is it something that you have considered we promise that what you tell us will well, I was going to say it'll go no further. We might reference it, but we'll share <laughs> that with you. It'll go no further. Lies. And um, my point is we will never reference you and you'll remain completely anonymous. We would just love to hear your experiences. Hear because Fiona, do you know what? When I flew with um when I flew with Emirates, so many of the crew were enrolled on this website. I would have at least every couple of flights, I would have been speaking to girls who had sugar daddies and they're just the girls that told me. I can guarantee that there would have been so many guys that never, so many girls that would never have mentioned it. I've got one friend that I'm still really good friends with um, and she was, she is from Romania and she grew up in quite a poverty stricken, you know, life and didn't have a lot of money and was sending money back home to her parents and supporting siblings and things and she actually said to me 
it really pisses me off when girls are judgmental, especially when they're girls like you, Laura. So you come from a country that even if your parents don't have money, you have a system to fall back on. You can go and claim benefits. Your, you know, your government will give you a house. Your, you know, chances are your parents will be able to help you out financially. When, where I come from, there is no such system in place. So until you've walked in my shoes, you cannot judge me. And she was very open about, again, guy that she probably saw two or three times a week and he gave her 10,000 dirhams a month which equates to 2,000 pounds roughly mm. thereabouts um, and she's like he's a nice guy I'm absolutely not attracted to him in the slightest but to me this is a side hustle and I will continue to do this and I will continue to look for a sugar daddy who can pay me more and I thought that was really interesting actually because before I think potentially I could have being partial to a little bit of like judgmental behavior and then when she said that I just thought god how privileged are we to be in a position that we you know who the the fuck am I to judge anybody whenever I've got parents that will help me and security you know these people live very different lives so in relation to this girl and her letter I think we can both agree that you know it's something that we would potentially have considered there's no shame in it as long as this girl is acting in a a consensual safe and respectful way her friends that are judgmental honestly I would argue maybe aren't great friends um to begin with um yeah I think that goes for anything to be honest with you in friendships you shouldn't judge your friends and if you are judging then they're not your real friends I think that's I think that's the way to go Anyway, we are going to move on to our favourite segment. Elkachor recommends. Elkachor is the female-founded, female-run activewear brand that we love so very much. So shout out to our sponsor, Elkachor. We have our code LOVEBITES20 that can be used multiple times by any customer on non-sale items. There is a free global shipping. Tax and duties are covered by Elkachor. There's a four-hour delivery available in Dubai. Um, and there's two boutiques, Alwassel and The Beach JBR. Um, I went to the Alwassel store on the weekends. I um, posted some stuff and they have this cool corner that's basically like a self-care corner with all these like different products and oh my god I just was like I went fucking ham on that um so please do use our code um online or in store on full price items good stuff so Laura what have you been consuming this week so this is an app that I'm going to recommend Faith. Oh, okay. And it's an app that I have benefited from. And obviously you're going to know it. It's the Calm app. Mm. C-A-L-L-M. Um, I downloaded this app last year. And Fiona, honestly, I, I use it every day on some level. So the Calm app is price point $7.99 per month or the yearly subscription is £30. Um that for me is money well spent what I use it most for are have you heard of the sleep stories uh yes I have I've listened to the one the Stephen Fry one because I just love him yeah exactly so sleep stories you can put on a different one every night of the week my favorite ones are Beauty and the Beast 
and the Matthew Matthew McConaughey. He has such a melodic lullaby voice that just rocks you to sleep. And he has this story called Wonder. And basically what he just elaborates on is how small we are in the world, how much is happening in the world, what's going on. And it basically serves to remove us from the center of our own universe because that's obviously where a lot of pain and suffering takes place is when we're so focused on ourselves um i use i put that on most nights to fall asleep and in addition to that for meditation and things they have daily meditations so you just pop it on there's meditations at three minutes five minutes ten minutes twenty minutes like today i did one and it was just like a costa rica soundscape and it was just so there was nobody speaking i didn't really want to hear anybody speaking today it was just a beautiful beautiful soundscape to meditate to and then of course they have like daily wisdom talks they have jay shetty on there he's a regular and there is a there is a talk on there that I really recommend that we listen to and it's all about addiction to technology um and I find when I'm when I feel like I'm having like a day or a week that I'm on my phone too much which I feel like we all feel that to a certain extent I put on this talk and it's all about uh it's all about the addiction to social media and tech and just a really really good reminder so the calm app for me is absolutely fantastic and I would recommend it to anybody love that and I love that we've swayed from books because I'm about to recommend a book (laughs) so uh, my recommendation this week is sharp objects by Gillian Flynn so um my friend Emily actually recommended this book to me and I have watched this series um so the the series I think it's HBO I can't remember um Sharp Objects it's got Amy Adams in it um and it's basically a psychological thriller and I am actually after work today I'm gonna go to Borders and get myself the book because I want something to read this weekend and uh it is honestly so gripping I watched it from on a flight um to the UK and it is I'm not even going to say what it's about. I'll like, I'll basically explain a little bit, but please go and read the book, watch the series because the series is fantastic, like unreal. So I'm so excited to read the book. It's basically about Amy Adams and she is, uh, she goes back to, she's a journalist. I believe she's a journalist. Yeah. And she goes back to her hometown um, where her parents live her mum and her stepdad live with her stepsister oh no not her stepsister her half sister and it's basically about uh these murders that have been happening in the hometown it's like a small hometown in America and it is one of the most gripping things I think I've ever watched in my life so I am so excited to read the book it is so 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 good so um, remind me again of the name it's called Sharp Objects Sharp, uh, Objects. Sharp okay. Objects by Gillian Flynn do you know what I think what we need to do which I haven't done but I'm going to do it is I'm going to put our recommendations in the show notes I didn't please, think I've done that do I'm going to do it yeah. so yours is the calm up okay I'll do that I also have a second recommendation um which is actually a uh it's an article that I read. So I redownloaded my subscription to the times, um, 
No. I, I am a big fan of the Sunday Times and I came across this article it's actually quite old it's from 2019 but obviously we all know my love for Dolly Alderton and it is um I'll, I'll link the I'll link the article you must all read it if you are a people pleaser like me so I'm obviously a well-known people pleaser and Dolly Alderton has written an article called Dolly Alderton is done with people pleasing and you should be too and it's all about people pleasing and I think it it is one of the most interesting articles because it's just one of those she writes in such like relatable way and she talks about um how like you know in life I mean if you're a people pleaser you're you're one I'm one and like you know it's such an oppressive obsession she calls it this is an oppressive obsession with approval the tyranny of being liked may be due to low self-esteem but it is a narcissistic pursuit and not only is it a trivial and self-obsessed, it locks us out. It locks out real life. It's a preoccupation that poisons personality, waters down identity and punctures ambition. It is sadly a typically female anxiety, which we can blame on the pressure for perfection via the dispensing of patriarchal gold stars. Not only must we achieve greatly and efficiently, we must do it while being everyone's best friend, two entirely separate activities that often are at odds with each other. Isn't so true like I sometimes like you know I had a situation that happened and I was just I was just endlessly people pleasing I had an event last week for work and I just I'm exhausted by the level of people pleasing and you and I, I will never get to that point where I just don't care like my boyfriend was literally like fuck sake just like fucking like just leave it just leave it why are you getting so stressed and I'm just like I just can't not I just can't not I can't not have someone like me I can't not have someone tell me that I'm doing an amazing job I have to I have to do it and it's exhausting when will I get to the point where I just don't care you know what you will get to the point Fiona I I got to the point and I'm not saying that I reached it an early stage in life I didn't I actually reached it when you and I were working together and there was one person in the team that I really, really struggled with. And I remember I, well, this person I'm like, was a fucking wanker, but the person was a wanker to basically everybody. And I could see that it was just that person's type of personality, a bit of a gossip and a bit of a dick or whatever. But I tried so hard to make that person like me. And I actually sickened myself. I actually looked at myself and thought, you are fucking pathetic. You are a grown woman and you're there trying your best to make some little gremlin like you. And by the way, this person doesn't like anybody. So what the hell are you trying for? And I think something clicked in me, Fiona. And I just thought to myself, you need to have a little bit more self-respect here and I did and I totally 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 backed off that person and then you know funnily enough a few little days or weeks later then that person starts to come around because these certain people thrive off you know thrive off that energy and yeah yeah, so I used to be like that and then something clicked in me uh, in that situation and I know it's a slightly different situation, but the whole people pleasing thing remains the same. And I just think you'll get to a point, Fiona, where you just think, you know what? If you don't like me, so what? So fuck. If you don't like me, maybe the reality is I actually don't like you that much either. As long as you have your people 
in your crew, your people, people outside of that, Fiona, who else really matters? Oh yeah, I know. I, I, I need to get better at it. And it is, well, this is why when uh, Joe Westwood comes on as a guest, we will have her on very soon. We couldn't before we were going to have her on actually like I think it was like two weeks ago, but my laptop had a meltdown. She talks a lot about the codependencies and people pleasing. And Lisa said it, Lisa McFarlane, when we had her on in the start of season two, she said to me that people pleasing is the greatest form of manipulation because you're manip- you're trying to manipulate someone into liking you. And it is actually quite a narcissistic tendency. And I think that that's something very interesting to to touch upon um but anyway i have a read of the article it's just she's she's just brilliant and i am very excited to watch her new the everything i know about love which comes out i think it's coming out next week so that will definitely be my recommendation next week what is that going to be on netflix is that a like no i think it's the i think it's bbc um but just to finish off our wonderful podcast this week and this is an excellent recommendation by Elkachor. thank you so much it is how to fail by elizabeth day so laura you've not read this book have you no you must because i feel like you'd really 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 enjoy it so uh elizabeth day is a journalist <clears throat> she's honestly again next to dolly Alston, one of my favorite writers she um She's also written a a novel called Magpie, I believe, which I haven't read yet, which I'm very looking forward to reading. So she is a journalist and she also has a podcast called How to Fail. And she basically interviews people about their failures in life and how often failures are what make you succeed. So she's also written a book like it's also about her failures in life like so she is in her 40s she's she is now married but she got she's been divorced and she I think she missed the point or she had a miscarriage or something that she can't have she basically can't have children and won't be having children and she had to deal with the failure of not becoming a mother the deal with the failure that she felt this terrible failure and guilt that she got married and then got a divorce and she invited everyone to her wedding her parents spent x amount and it's about dealing with our failures and being okay with them so it's really really great definitely read the book um, she's got an amazing podcast called How to Fail as well, and she's got some incredible guests on there. My favourite one oh, is the, the Jamie. I listened to the Jamie Lang one, so Jamie Lang from Made in Chelsea. He interviewed so well, um, so definitely have a have a listen to that and read the book. So thank you so much for that amazing recommendation. I am actually going to link this week <laughs> into the show notes the recommendations because I do feel like people will listen and then. I, I do it, we'll listen and then forget, but you can refer back to the show notes. Do you know what, Fiona, the, um, sorry, what's her name again? The Elizabeth Day. Elizabeth Day. She was a guest on Diary of a CEO podcast. Yes. She was brilliant and she actually talked about people pleasing in that episode mm. with him and basically why a lot of us are so afraid of failure is because we're afraid of the judgment of others. Yeah. And actually she is the one that like hones in on the your your people people. And she reiterates that outside of your core circle, nobody else's opinions really matters. As long as you have your people on side and the people could be your mom, your dad, your partner, your sister, your best friend, whoever that may be, they're your people and outside of that, 
really you cannot waste your time because that's when people become um entrenched in fear and crippled with the fear of judgment so that's actually also an excellent podcast to have a listen to she's a she's wonderfully spoken as well and so relatable yeah i love her but anyway we have well over our time today but that's okay are we i thought that we were under no no we're over but only by like five minutes but i've loved this episode it's been great well thank you so much laura rooney i've loved seeing your face as always i love you love you see you later see you later